Hey everybody, it's Brian from It's All Good, man. The Better Better Call Saul podcast. What I have for you today is uh, me and Dave's discussion with Joe DeRosa, who plays the vet on Better Call Saul. Joe was on our other podcast, Nothing Important, which, by the way, you should totally look up on Stitcher or iTunes or even nothingimportantpodcast.com. The reason why it means a lot to me if you guys check that out is because we get to talk to a lot of really cool people. And me and Dave are nobodies. And the only reason we've got to talk to these people is because of you guys, the listeners of It's All Good Men. I'm not going to lie. You guys have given us some really cool opportunities, and we so much appreciate it. So please check out the Nothing Important podcast and uh, keep listening for our discussion with Joe DeRosa. Also, we're gearing up for season two, so make sure that you start sending us all your ideas and uh, predictions. You know, just like the good old days of... January 2015. Enjoy our talk with Joe DeRosa. Check out Nothing Important Podcast. And keep being awesome. Call idiots. Call geniuses. Whatever. Just call us. You got to race for pink slips and get into a fight with like a rival, with a rival, uh, mildly threatening street gang. Name like the Thunderbirds yeah, or something. <laughs> yeah. Just a little singing and dancing, probably. Yeah. Back then, all gangs were named after, uh, like, early model muscle cars or cheap liquor. That's just the way it was. <laughs> we're the Carlo Rossi's. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to nothing important. Please enjoy the show. gentlemen on the someone important hotline is joe DeRosa. joe how's it going hi guys <laughs> we're, thanks we're, for having me on no thank you for coming on i apologize for uh dave screwing everything up and delaying us like 15 minutes <laughs> and i will accept you know. brian's apology of me delaying everything and screwing it up for 15 minutes i like to <laughs> throw him under the bus uh, i'm a fan of that kind of thing so that's well, I, good work well, you know, right right from the get go, you got to set the tone, right? <laughs> so that's, that's half our shtick. So yeah, <laughs> right. perpetual bus yeah. drivers we are, right? <laughs> but but on the bright side, Dave got a brand new iPhone six, so he's he's all techie. Yeah, now. this he's will all and- you will be the inaugural guest with the new, technically the new interface, and it sounds much better than my old phone. So people might actually uh-huh. understand you. <laughs> Did you, uh, what phone did you use to have? Uh, I switched from a Motorola to a Prime Coat. No, I had a Galaxy S3. Nice. Galaxy S3. S3, Jesus. Hey. Holy shit, that's, uh, that's <laughs> a few back, man. That's, that's an old phone. It was my uh, uh, the two-year then, upgrade. Yeah, the two-year upgrade. Switched <laughs> to the iPhone, did you get the 6 or the 6 Plus? The, the 6 Plus, or no, I got the 6, because I think the 6 Plus comes out Friday. They kept talking about how they were preparing for the big Everybody be waiting outside the doors on Friday because the six plus is coming out, and I was like, "What's the difference?" Well, and the I, guy's like, "I have Android. I don't know." <laughs> I, the six plus is. I have the six plus. It's out. Oh, maybe oh, okay. the new one comes out Friday, like the six plus S or something. That's pro- yeah, that's what it is. The S version. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, hey, man, congrats. Welcome to the iPhone family. You're officially uh, an aging uh, hipster. (laughs) I was going to say, now I need to go buy myself like a flat brim cap and some white sunglasses and actually wear pants for a while because I'm I'm more prone to shorts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to cuff the pants. You got to cuff the pants like a 1950s greaser, though. That's that's the key part of the look. Roll my cigarettes (laughs) up in the sleeve. Yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to race for pink slips and get into a fight with like a rival with a rival, uh, mildly threatening street gang named like the Thunderbirds yeah, or something. <laughs> yeah, Just a little singing and dancing, probably. Yeah. Back then, all gangs were named after uh, like early model muscle cars or cheap liquor. That's just the way it was. <laughs> we're the Carlo Rossi's. <laughs> <laughs> How, how often do you guys do this show? Uh, every week, man. Yeah. Every week. It's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's a, every week. And, and and it's always Better Call Saul focused? No, actually, uh, what we do every week is uh, we do nothing important, which is uh, me and Dave just kind of sharing antidotes, and then we usually have a uh, a guest on. Uh, who's usually like a comedian or an actor or uh, something or a prominent podcaster or something like that. And then for it's all good men, uh, that's usually during in season. And we do that like twice a week. And, but in the off season, since nobody's watching better call Saul, what we've been doing to keep it going and keep the momentum with that. Cause that, that actually became a really, really successful uh, podcast. And so what we did to keep it going from that is we've been reaching out to members of the cast and, uh, and that's actually why you're on is, is, is I actually saw you on Twitter and I'm like that that's the vet. That's the guy. Like we got to get him on. We got to get him on. <laughs> the, uh, this is by the way, to everybody listening, this is everything you explained to me before we started recording and I already forgot. So I apologize. <laughs> that's only the ins and outs of all that before we, I have a listening problem. Well, that's okay. We, I don't, yeah. so do our listeners, I don't blame so it's you. all good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus, we're, we're very forgettable. So, <laughs> it's not, no, it's not you, it's me. It's all me. <laughs> oh, I hear that all uh, the time. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, cool that you guys, yeah, that you guys do the, uh, I mean, it's cool that you do both podcasts, but it's, it's really cool that you do the, the song one. And, uh, you know, I like fan stuff like that. That's really neat. Oh, totally. And, you know, what's funny is, uh, I think we've told the story a couple times before, but me and Dave kind of started the 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 uh, Better Call Saw podcast. It's all good, men, to kind of almost latch onto something we knew was going to be popular to promote the other podcast. Riding, riding and, coattails, riding and, coattails. Yeah, but then but then we kind of fell in love with the show, which made us happy because we kept talking about because we actually started the podcast a few weeks before the show started, just talking about rumors and like half ass. Uh, speculations and ideas yeah we're like what if the show fucking sucks like we are stuck with this show (laughs) throughout but but it hasn't sucked at all it's it's been a really really great well-produced show which i guess we all should have expected from the get-go yeah i was gonna say you know i think it was a fairly safe bet um yeah you know it's I, i think people are I'm glad the show's being so well received and, and, uh, and it's a great show and, and I'm glad people are recognizing that because I think a lot of the time with, with these like sort of sequel and prequel situations, people are unnecessarily hard on the product because it doesn't 
take them to the exact emotional and mental state they were in the first time they saw the the original thing or whatever. So I'm glad that the number one, the show is really good, but I'm also glad that the fans are excited about it and, you know, and, and people are really liking it because, you know, like those Hobbit movies, for instance, I, I thought people were way too harsh on that, man. I was Jesus Christ, guys, they're not that <laughs> different from the Lord of the Rings movies. Like it's, it's kind of the same shit. Why is everybody like saying these things are terrible? You know, like they're not terrible. Maybe you don't you know, like them as much, but Jesus Christ, go easy on them. You know. Well, you know, you know what's funny about like uh, Better Call Saul is I, and I think we talked with uh, with uh, Patrick Fabian about this. It, it it it's it doesn't seem there there's as much of that. Like people still try to compare it to Breaking Bad, but the show's well done. That people are like. Oh well, fuck it. This is this is a totally different, different beast. Like it seems like so. That, so there's some people like, oh well, it ain't as good as uh, Breaking Bad. Jerk, jerk, jerk. Wank, wank, wank. But but most people, for the most part, see it as its own, uh, you, you know, its own identity, which I think is just a credit to the to the production and the writing team and everybody involved. Yeah, I think uh, I think they really really did a good job, and they did. I, I saw Mark Hamill. Um, in a in like a, an interview about the new Star Wars movie coming out, say uh, he said the reason this new movie is going to be so good is because it's exactly what you want as a fan. It's giving you stuff you remember and love, and then but it's got a whole new like wrapping paper on it mm-hmm. uh, and a bunch of new cool stuff. So like I kind of think that's exactly the way Better Call Saul feels. Like it's you know it's there are the elements of the things you love, and there's enough familiar stuff in there that it feels like the same universe and the same characters and all that stuff. But like, it's still a completely different, different show. And yeah. I was going right, uh, to the, the, the universe yeah. thing. I was, that was what I was going to mention is that you, you still feel like you're in that, but the cast is like totally different with a few crossover <clears throat> potential and they're, they're leaving potential for other things to happen to dropping hits yeah. about Walter White showing up and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been cool. It's been cool seeing like what you know. So we, I, I mean, I don't know about the other cast members, but like I, you know, I, I know nothing. So it's like I kind of learn as we go too. So it's pretty cool seeing like when something seems like a hint or a nod to something else. You know, <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of the folks we've talked to have have said that it seems like everybody is left out in the cold as opposed to what like in regards to what their part is or wh- where they fit in with the show until they actually see the show. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. You don't know really anything <laughs> <laughs> in a good way. Like it's not bad. Like they give you enough that you know what you're doing in the, in the scenes that you're doing and stuff. But like, you know, they keep, they, they, they're clearly very protective of the content and the story. And I, I don't blame them. You know, I'm happy that, I'm happy that, that there were people doing that again with, with the productions they're doing, you know, because mm. yeah, I'm happy JJ Abrams is super, I'm, I'm the biggest like Star Wars fan ever. So I'm like happy that he, for instance, is being super protective uh, about stuff leaking and whatever. And, you know, and, and he said, I'm doing this for the fans. So you guys can like enjoy the movie and have a great time and not right. have everything ruined before you get there. So I like that the, the Saw folks are doing that same exact type of approach. It's good for the fans, you know. Yeah, right. Did you have yeah, totally? Did you have like a, an interesting audition process? Because most of the people we've talked to, it's been kind of 
they've had interesting stories about how they got involved in the show in the first place and, and the process they had to go through and all the, like the the cryptic mm-hmm. auditions and, and like similar scenes, but not the actual scene just to get a character feel stuff like that. Did you have anything like that for your role? Um, it was fairly, it was fairly simple actually. Like I went in, I got the audition the night before and I went in the next morning and you know, I'd really worked on it. Um, and it ended up being the, the thing I auditioned with was the ended up basically being the, Scene, my first scene on the show. Um, but it was written a little different. They had changed some of the details. So, you know, I remember it wasn't until I got hired and got sent the script for my first episode that they were like, you're a vet, by the way, because it wasn't like, I forget what it was originally, but they, they masked that. So, but like they, uh, anyway, it was that scene though. And I really worked on it the night before. And then I went in and I, I was like, oh, I got this, whole great thing worked out in my head and uh i kept i I would do it and then the casting director would would like give me a note and then we change it and then i'd get another note and then we change it and i get another note and then we change it and then i left thinking well i'm not getting this (laughs) (laughs) i clearly did it wrong five times or whatever uh, but then I got it and I was like, Oh, Oh, cool. Maybe that was a test. I don't know. Yeah. Part of the or, process. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe I just finally got it right. Or you never know with casting, you know, sometimes, sometimes directions are a good thing. Sometimes they're a bad thing. Sometimes you go in and read and they go great. And you leave and you go, all right, I guess it was great. And then, and then you realize later, like, Oh, it wasn't, they just thought it sucked. So they were like, <laughs> yeah. it's like telling a band that tight after the show. You guys are tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you never quite know, uh, you know, which way it's going to go, but the casting director of that show was really amazing. And uh, she was one of the best casting directors I've ever auditioned for. Um, so it was really cool, man. But you know, it was, it was all very hush, hush, top secret stuff. <laughs> and then you can't tell anybody when you get it, you're like super excited, you know, like yeah. you book this, you know, you book this really cool role on something. It's definitely the coolest like role I've ever had in anything. It's the biggest role I've ever, you know, I'm a primarily a stand-up comic and, uh, I'd say I'm a writer second. I mean, acting is usually like sort of third and, uh, you know, not, and not because I respect it third. It's just kind of where it positions in my life, mm-hmm. in my career. Right, right. So, you know, I've had a lot of like walk on, in one scene kind of things, you know, like I did one episode of bored to death and I did one episode of Louie and all that stuff was really super cool. But this was the first time it was like, I got to actually come back and have like a little bit of an arc and, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I I hope the character lives on. That would be really cool. I was going to say, does this arc continue into season two? I don't know. We're kind (laughs) of, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's very like it's very it's very thing to thing, you know. So that's that's what I mean. Like it's super, yeah. It's super secret, man. It's super secret. So, but I don't blame them. It's you know people leak this crap all over the place and right. It's 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 know. more fun for us to just sit and come up with our bullshit theories than to actually talk to people about it anyway. Because then then we can be told that we're wrong and that we're idiots, and we that's half the fun for us. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, except for right. except for the one time way early in the in the series 
uh, way uh, way early. Like in season one, I was being a smartass, and I'm like, oh well, you know what? I bet Chuck is actually actually yeah. a dickhead, <laughs> and I and I stand by that. And like the whole time, I'm like, no way, dude, it's Chuck. He's a dick. And then it turned out being right, but every but like everything else I said was like so completely off base. It was like like that dude doesn't even watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. And I think but, uh, I, I yeah. said Tuco was the big reveal in the first series, and I was trying to say somebody else, but I accidentally said Tuco ended up being right. So I, that's my big claim of my bold prediction that came through. <laughs> <laughs> so you just you predict a thing correctly. Like that's that's a good feeling. I uh, I saw the new M Night Shyamalan movie, and for the first time, I guessed the twist. Oh man! Oh yeah! <laughs> Early on, and I was very proud of myself. This I time there out. was no twist. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every other time, I was like, I did not see that coming. But this time, I was like, Oh, what's this? And then I was right. <laughs> it also sucks. I realized when you figure it out that early. Yeah. You're just sitting there, being like, yeah. Please don't let it be the thing I guess. I kind of because then there it's just kind of boring. That was Devil. Yeah. That, that happened to me during Devil. Not gonna lie. I saw that coming. Uh, yeah, yeah, Devil. Did you like that movie? I'm a big horror fan. I, I was on the fence with that one. Yeah, I, I would say I on the fence. I, I, I thought they yeah. tried a little too much to like to pull some emotions and just instead of just trying to like put out a scene and let you feel it. That's kind of right. what I was thinking. Right. Yeah, I uh, I'm a big uh, I'm a big horror fan, and unfortunately, I find myself saying. I'm not sure how I felt about that after so many horror movies. I wish there were more that. I was just like, yeah, that was awesome. Right. You know? Um, have you ever seen Exam? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start asking a lot of people that question. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't. That's, that's the Japanese one, right? Uh, I think it's an American. It must I be an American thinking? remake. It's definitely an American. Um, it's oh, I'm thinking of... Audition? You know, I, I think, I'm thinking of Audition. Yeah, uh, that one I have Excuse yet me. to see. That's on my bucket list. Exam is a bunch of people in a room trying to get a job. And it's kind of okay. like, a, it's almost like Cube. If, if you guys have seen Cube, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. And then just kind of people start going crazy. And then, it, and then there was a little bit of a Reservoir Dogs element at the end. And um, that's a little nuts. It's cool, though. But it's so odd. It was in such an I, odd watch. I'm very curious to find somebody else that liked it as much as I did. <laughs> is it on, like, Netflix or anything? It has been for a long time. I'm not sure if it still is, but I definitely watched it on Netflix. It sounds familiar, man. I feel like I've seen it. Maybe it's on my queue or something. Um, but it sounds very familiar to me, so I'll check it out. Yeah, I would recommend it. You can talk now, Brian. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, see, for once, for once, I'm speechless. I don't watch very many movies, so I was just listening to you guys go back and forth. <laughs> I love. Uh, I, I really love horror movies so much. Uh, it's you know, I, I want to see that good Good Night, Mommy movie this week. Um. That which is an Austrian. Of. It might only be out in like New York and LA right now. Uh, cause it's from Austria. Mm. Um, so it might, it's, I'm assuming it's got a limited release at the moment, but it looks really creepy. It's like these, these twin, uh, brothers, their, uh, their start. mother comes home from the hospital. And I, I don't know if she's had, you know, plastic surgery or if she was in an accident and had that reconstructive surgery, but, the point is that she comes home and her face is covered in all these bloody bandages and she looks really creepy. And then she starts kind of acting weird. And then the kids are like, we're not sure if that's our mom or not. Oh, so 
It's pretty creepy <laughs> shit. Yeah, if that's done right, that could be awesome. Uh, my friend saw it. He said it was really, really good. So I hope uh, I I, I want to see it. I it, you know the foreign horror movies usually take it a little bit further mm-hmm. than the American ones do these days. I was I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, I can't I can't believe like. With American Horror now, it's when one is rated R, I'm like, oh, oh, wow, great. <laughs> you know, like so many of them are PG-13 now. It's so tame, yeah. Yeah, they're very teeny boppery, right? Like, they're very, like, bubblegum. Yeah, yeah. So, and then a lot of the a lot of the indie stuff, you know, it's it's just hard to find. There's a lot of indie stuff out there that, you know, has good intention behind it, but they don't get the budget or, the, or they can't make it as quality as you'd like like it to be. Right. And then there's a lot of quality out there with budget, meaning, you know, or, or, or not quality work, but I mean, they can, they can make it look good because of the budget, but then like it's got no heart and soul to it. So yeah. it seems to be hard to find things in between the two. Yeah, the middle of that um, Venn diagram is pretty small. I'm, I'm hoping yeah. Circle, we just talked to uh, Michael Nardelli, who's in uh, the movie Circle, um, coming out, and I'm hoping that that nails it because he talks highly of it. It seems to have a plot that I really like, so we're hoping. What circle? I haven't heard of that yet. That is, uh, 50 people wake up in a room, and then every two minutes somebody dies. Something like that. Jesus. <laughs> right, but they. It's like kind of like 12 Angry Men, though, in a mm. way, right? Like they yeah. have to like talk, like figure out who's going to be the next to die, right? And then yeah, like a survivor, I guess, situation. <laughs> you, you like any movie where it's people in a room <laughs> apparently that's, that's my thing yeah <laughs> you get very excited i by, by i i by can a sort of government job situation i can freak myself out more in my own head than i can by watching any horror movie like dead silence was one of the scariest movies i ever saw only because when it got so quiet is when i started freaking out you know uh you know man i'm oh, i'm a fan of i i'm I'm forgetting that director's name, and he's like the biggest guy out there right now. But uh, Bossman, but you know, uh, Dead Sounds is the puppet one, right? That's yeah, the other one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the guy that did Saw. It's the guy that did the Last Fast and Furious. He did the Conjuring. Um, I think it's Darren Lynn Bossman, isn't it? Or am I thinking of a different? Member? No, he's he's an Asian guy. I want to say uh, James Wan. Uh, yeah, I think that might be it. Well, in any case, I, I like a lot of his work, but Dead Silence, like I. Hate. I wa- I've watched it over and over. I want to love it. I want to love it so bad because it's it's puppets being evil. I mean, right. that's really scary. That's always scary. But I just can't get into it. And that that whole thing. I don't know who made the decision for Donnie Walker to walk around with an electric razor constantly, <laughs> like always shaving. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like. I don't know what what that choice was, but it's I don't know. I just can't get into the. I can't get into it. I've tried. I think that was totally a, a theater based experience because it was a packed house, and when it would get quiet, like it is, it literally got quiet, and it never happens in a theater. And that's what I, I just kind of that has a, a special moment, I guess, for like, me. So then I would go and like tell you people, got uneasy. Yeah, it's really uneasy, and you could just feel the tension <laughs> in the audience. So I would tell people like, "Oh, you got to check this movie out." I was freaked out, and then they're like, "Dude, that movie sucked." And then I was, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I did, uh, this is actually 
a, a funny horror movie story. So I did, um, I was in Grand Theft Auto five, the video game. Nice. And the scenes I was in were with, uh, this actor, uh, Randy, uh, and he's a really great guy and really nice and everything. So anyway, like, you know, we were like in between takes and we were just kind of talking about stuff. And I go, uh, we, we, I don't remember why, or I said, I said, are you going to be out in LA at any point? And, uh, he said, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I might come out, uh, you know, at some point because there's going to be this, uh, cabin fever remake somewhere down the line. And I want to come out for that. Something. And he's just like a big horror fan. Hmm. Uh, cause it was pretty far off at that point. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's cool. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't like cabin fever that much. It's, it's okay. And he was like, really? What, what don't you like about it? And I was like, I don't know. It just, it, it tries to be funny and it's not that funny. And I mean, there's some cool gross out parts, but I don't know. It's just kind of dumb. And uh, I was like, you're a big fan of it, huh? And he was like, well, I wrote it. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Foot and mouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. I went out and bought it after that. I was like, I gotta get it. A <laughs> he's a he's a good dude. And I, I, again, like I I love the, every other thing Eli Roth has done. I've been really into. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. But, I would have uh, put Cabin Fever at the lower end of my Eli Roth experience. Still waiting for Hostel the Thanksgiving. Hostel to me is a masterpiece. Hostel is one of yeah. the greatest things I've ever seen. Oh, in my people life. left the theater. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. That was a, a life changer for me. I was just like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, I, I hadn't been that invested in a character at the end of a movie since, like, I saw, like, like Indiana Jones when I was a kid. I was, like, rooting so hard for that guy to get out at the end <laughs> and, and get, his, get, his, get his payback. I, I love that movie. I agree. That is, yeah. Yeah. Never saw yeah. the sequels, but the first one was a pretty special movie. They're okay. Two, two kind of, I wasn't that into, but I, I liked three. I thought three had some really cool elements to it. And three to me felt more like the first one. Two felt like, two, they kind of go in this other direction where they're, it, they, it, there's still the stuff about the victims and stuff, but like it's more, there's, there's two stories happening. And one of the stories is very focused on the two guys that are signing up to do it, mm. to do the killing. So it oh. kind of gets into that whole world, like how that works. And it's, it's, it's a very typical horror movie sequel in that sense. Like, you know, for some reason, horror movie sequels always go into like the technical aspects of how things work. Yeah. Or like the motivation behind that. the killer. Yeah. And they did that in like Insidious 2. And, you know, like they, they start kind of explaining like, well, here's what was going on in the first one. Yeah. Which isn't. That's scary, but sometimes it can be interesting. But three doesn't do that. Three kind of gets back to basics, and I, I enjoyed it. Cool. Well, then I will watch those based on your recommendation. Yeah. Well, there you go, guys. As long as there's people corner. in a room. This is this has now become my favorite my favorite podcast we've done, and let me tell you why. <laughs> it's because because we called to talk about Better Call Saul, and you guys went on about horror movies, and you ever watch two like. Two people talk about something that they're they're very knowledgeable of, but you have no 
no idea about about the subject matter, so you're just kind of like enthralled by the conversation. <laughs> yes, I that, do. Just about that, every conversation I have, because that's, <laughs> just watching that's, somebody else outsmart me. I'm like, uh, okay. Because I always give Dave, I always give Dave shit for his taste in movies, like all the goddamn time. But it's awesome that like uh, you guys are talking about like, like the horror films and stuff. I'm just saying, listen, I'm like. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive critique for something that you know. <laughs> so. Well, good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we didn't bore you to shit. And, uh, <laughs> no, not at all. I can't wait. I can't wait to post it because I, it's yeah, just, yeah, it's Brian. Just thanks for coming on, Dave and Joe. Talk movies. We appreciate you being our guest, Brian. Oh, thank you. No, uh, no problem. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I had a nice talk. It was nice. Awesome. No, that's uh, great. Is so, there any? Better call Saul things you need to know before I go. Well, let's see. We covered your you're the veterinarian. You don't know if you're gonna come on uh season two. Although I do gotta say, I, I hope you do <laughs> I hope you do come back for season two because one of the things that strike me about it as well is every series has their ancillary characters that kind of help to move the plot along. But Better Call Saul is the first show I've ever seen where people are almost pushy about getting the ancillary characters to come back. Like, uh, like, like Betsy Kettleman, like, like there's a huge fan base for her. And then, uh, we had, uh, Mel Rodriguez who, who plays Marco and like, people are like, man, we got to see more of Marco. I hope he's not really dead. Cause, cause <laughs> more we want more. maybe they could, yeah. Or maybe they could do like even further flashbacks. And it's the same with, with the vet you were, you were in two episodes, but you're, you're, uh, your your casting, I guess, yeah, you know, the, your casting uh, was so well that you know, like I like you could almost watch like a whole new series on on the vet. So it, it shows that it wasn't like oh, they, here's this some uh, plot point character they just kind of toss in to keep the plot moving. Like it, it seems like there's some real like depth and gravity to uh, to what you did, even in that small of a role. Thanks. Uh, well, keep that kind of talk up. Right. <laughs> well, I'm going to go on record. I'm going to go on record and say that you are going to be in season two because it's a pretty influential character in Jimmy's quest for, or you know, journey to Saul. So, no, well, Mike's. <laughs> yeah, oh no, Mike. Yeah, sorry, I, yeah, that was Mike. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all wrapped yeah. into one. It's, it's it, the work is is you know everybody's related. Right. Absolutely. So. So I guess that's our first official prediction of season two is that is that you'll be back, which this will make like the third character campaign that we're like trying to start between <laughs> Betsy Kettleman, Marco, and and, and now the vet. <laughs> well, I, I really, I really hope so. Uh, it's, you know, it's been a, I, I, and honestly, I'm not saying this for any points with the show. Like it's, it's been a really great experience uh, every time I've been over there and, uh, you know, getting to do all those scenes with Jonathan has been amazing, and every oh, it's just an exciting it's an exciting environment to be on. You know, they they get it's cool. Like the producers and the writers and the directors, they get excited as it all starts to come to life on camera. Right. Um, well, I I do have a they you know. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I do have I do have another question. How long was it before you found out you got the part, and how long before you you filmed? Like, was it was it a quick turnaround? 
Yeah, it wasn't very long. It was, I think I found out like a week later or something. Gotcha. And, okay. and then we were shooting the next week or something. It was fast, man. Hmm. Yeah, because we, we talked to, we talked to Mel and he said that his turnaround was 24 hours. Yeah. And so I was like, I was like, man, that's, that's pretty interesting. So it's always interesting to hear, uh, you know, how quick the turnaround, cause me and me and Dave, we're complete outsiders and nobody. So we, we have no clue <laughs> about how any of this process works. So it's, it's incredibly fast, even, even the turnaround for a week, you know, cause like shit, like in my real life job, if I get a new job, I'm still like, Oh, I got like two fucking weeks. And then like all of a sudden I, I can cock like this, like a uh, trip I had to go on for a weekend. So to just to add like, add like another th- a week to the time where I would start my new, <laughs> my new job and, and uh, you know, just kind of prolong. And I still feel like I jumped into it too quickly. It's, it's amazing to me that, that actors and such, uh, you guys have such quick turnarounds and how you can keep it all together. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's certainly not always like that. There are other things where you, you know, it's months yeah. and you don't hear anything or, or, you know, and then finally something comes through and you go, Jesus, I thought that I definitely didn't get that, you know? So it, it's, it's always like, it's always different. It's just different frequencies and it's how shows work. And I, I'm assuming with better call Saul, like, you know, they work in a faster fashion or faster fashion because, you know, it, it, part of it is keeping it all fresh and secret and quiet and whatever, you know, you have stuff laying around for months and months and months, you know, it gets out. Gonna, that, that's that's to me that's how shit starts to leak out of it or so right um or i would at least assume so but uh you know but that's how it was too because when i did grant that thought of like which was also another like really cool like dream come true to be in a video game, especially you know what i would consider to be the godfather of video yeah, games, one of the biggest know? franchises in all of games yeah oh yeah totally i i have grand theft auto 5 who, who did you play um, there's a TV show you can watch called, um, it's, it's, uh, oh, Jack Howitzer. Jack Howitzer. Uh, it's who Jack Howitzer is. I think he made his appear, first appearance in Grand Theft Auto three. And he's like a, an action star. He's sort of a Stallone type, except he's crazy. Hmm. And he really kills people and stuff. And he's, he's really not. So anyway, in Grand Theft Auto five, there's a TV show that you can watch. And when you go into the house to save your game or whatever, uh, called Jack Howitzer. And it's a reality show about him getting out of prison and trying to make a comeback through a reality show. And I play his agent. So the whole show is just me and the two characters. I play this guy, Rufus Bellows. who's like a (laughs) cokehead, uh, you know, real shit heel of an agent. Uh, and, um, you know, because we were doing, because we were doing the TV show and not characters in the game. Um, well, they did mocap for, we did it originally, obviously for the last generation systems like 360 and PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point they were only mocapping in video games, period. They would only mocap certain characters. And because we were on a TV show, we got to do mocap and not just voices. So, you know, Number one, you get to be in a video game. Number two, it's Grand Theft Auto Five, and then number three, it's you. Like you're in the game. Like, like 
I'm in the game. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's really, it's really, really cool. Um, it's really, really cool. And those guys were there. Are, I have some old friends over there at Rockstar, So it's, you know, that, that was really fun to get to work with those guys and, and do that. Yeah. Finally. I'm going to have to go back and watch that scene. Cause I, I know what you're talking about. You're like in Michael's, uh, uh, mansion, but if if you watch the TV screen, there's so much content in those games and so much like uh, stuff that you can just find. I sat there and watched uh, cartoons in the game on the TV in Michael's mansion on the projector in the living room. Like there was like cartoons for like 25 minutes, and you're just amazed at like holy shit, so much goes into the production of just the sound. And th- these are like full fledged cartoons that they drew, like a whole 25 minute cartoon. Yeah, it's it's insane, and I didn't even know like there as I said, they're another like top secret bunch. Mm-hmm. Like they they don't they won't tell you anything. So my friend Laszlo, I was on a radio. I used to appear on this radio show, Opie and Anthony, in New York that was on for a little while, or I was on for many years actually, but it's, it's a different show now. But um, anyway, I was on that show a lot, and this guy Laszlo from from G uh, from rockstar was a fan of the show. And I finally met him. He's like, you know, I usually have the ONA guys on in the game. Like you should come and do a part in GTA five. And I was like, dude, I'm there. Like what do you want to do? <laughs> and, uh, he's like, I don't know. You know, I was thinking it'd be fun if you were like one of the radio DJs. And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, that'd be cool. like, I'm, yes. Like, let's do it. So, Months and months went by, and then I got a call, and he's like, can you come in on Wednesday to meet with me about this? And I'm like, yeah. And I go in, and you got to fill out, like, 87 non-disclosure forms and things that say you won't use your cell phone and everything. And then this lady's like, can you come into this room? We have to fix your fix this harness on your head. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? Worst uh, voiceover game ever. I wasn't rude. I didn't say it that rudely, but I was just like, what what are you talking about? And uh, she was like, well, we need to get a face scan. And I was like, can I ask what I'm doing? (laughs) She's like, yeah, well, it's for mocap. You're going to be in the game. And that's like how I found out. Oh, wow. Dude, that's awesome. I was just here to be a DJ. I'm I'm so jealous of anybody that gets to be a voiceover for like any video game or cartoon. That's like my secret, like uh, my secret, my secret thing that I, I, I always wish I somehow fall into. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. That was a, that was a really cool, that was a really cool moment. And like when the first time I saw it, where it was like, here's you in a video game, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's like getting to, you know, to me, it was like getting to be in like a Disney cartoon or, yeah. you know, like one of the yeah, like really iconic thing. That's just amazing. Are you coming to uh, Chicago anytime for uh, anytime soon for comedy, stand up comedy? Um, I don't have anything on the books. I'm, I'm actually on a writing job right now. So basically from now till Christmas, I'm not doing much. Uh, Got a few, you know, a few quick gigs here and there, but but nothing crazy. Um, touring, if I do come to Chicago, it'll be probably 2016 sometime. I hope to come back. I haven't been there in a while. So awesome. Well, when you do come back, I when I when you do come back, I know me and Dave will be there. We'll we'll mm-hmm. come check you out, hang out, have a few drinks. Please, yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to uh, meet you guys in person. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to hop back on and promote yourself for that tour? Uh, feel free to do that as well. As well. <laughs> Yeah, anytime. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, 
It was great talking to you. Can I plug my podcast really quick? You can plug anything you want, man. I was just going to ask you, what, what do you got? Sell us on stuff. Bring it up. <laughs> uh, I have, uh, so I'm doing a new podcast for Fangoria.com. Um, they have a new podcast network. Uh, it's called We'll See You in Hell. It's my friend Pat Walsh and myself doing commentary for horror movies. So each episode we do commentary for a different horror movie. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we got about four out now. If you're if you live in Denver, we'll be in Denver, Colorado at the Mile High Horror Fest first weekend of October, doing a live show. So come out to that, uh, and uh, you know Jeff and some Aliens, which is what I'm writing for now, comes out in 2016 on Comedy Central, and it's really going to be really funny. So check that out. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Joe DeRosa, thanks very much for calling. Uh, nothing important. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Be sure to follow Nothing Important online at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Find us on iTunes, on Twitter at NotImportantPC, and you can also find us on Facebook. Nothing Important is recorded with help from Third City Sound in Joliet, Illinois. Thanks for being awesome. Awesome.